You've now locked into Living Blessed, the podcast, where we're talking the highs, the lows, the darkest moments that we've all hidden from the world, and everything in between. This is the moment of truth. This is why we're living blessed. And now, your host, Jovan J. Palmer. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Living Blessed, the podcast. I'm your host, Jovan J. Palmer. And as always, we got very great and special people on the podcast sharing special and vulnerable moments. Got no other than my brother from another, Brandon. What's up, Long man? time coming. Long time coming. How you brother? feeling, man? Hey, man, I, ca- I can't call it. I might spoil it, brother. That's <laughs> <laughs> where you're the oldest youngest you ever met. <laughs> if I had your hands, I'd cut my eyes off. <laughs> man, appreciate you coming through, man. Uh, no problem. We've been asking this for what? Since last year? Yeah, it's been a while. We've been talking about it forever. Yeah, and, um, yeah, yeah. He called me the other day like, hey, can you do it Tuesday? I was like, I got you. Appreciate you, man. So, I appreciate you. Yeah, man. It's dope, man. I'm excited about your story, man. I know it's a, it's a story worth telling. It's a lot. And from what you told me, I'm like, yo, this is a very interesting story. Yeah. Like, I've worked in group homes and I've worked in foster care. But I think your story is a little different from what I've seen. Mm. I think because it's the actual story of somebody who's actually been inside of it. Yeah. Yeah, firsthand. Yeah, but so I'll just introduce yourself, man. Let people know who you are. Hey, guys. I'm uh, I'm Brandon Abrahams. Um, grew up in New York. Uh, moved out here to Atlanta when I was about 13 years old. In 2001, I got adopted by my uncle and my aunt. Um, but um, I'm just a regular guy, man. I'm a regular guy who's been through some stuff. Um, been through a whole lot of stuff. Um, and me and Javon been talking forever. And he is always like, um, you know, you got to get vulnerable on my show. And uh, I said, uh, I said, I'm ready. So, um, you know, any questions you got, I'm ready, man. I'm ready to ask, I'm ready to answer. I'm ready to tell my story, I guess. All right. So, so he says your aunt and uncle adopted you. Yes. Tony adopted you? No, Tony, so his, his brother. Tony is my uncle. Oh. Yeah, so Tony is my, so Tony is my dad. My dad's brother. Like your biological. My biological father's okay. brother. Um, but their other brother, Chris, is the one who adopted me. Gotcha. Um, at the time, my my biological father was in prison. And um, he'd been in and out of prison my whole life, um, you know, dealing drugs and other such fooleries. Mm-hmm. But um, so, um, so, yeah, my uncle and I decided to adopt me. And bring me here to Atlanta. So uh, you know, it been a, it had been a lot of stuff leading up to that, though. Of course, um, you know, my mother, my biological mother, we had a whole lot of um, craziness going on in the house. I could say um, she was real. Um, <laughs> come, so I didn't know at the time, uh, but my my mother was having an affair with my uncle, while my father was in prison. Dang, I thought it only didn't happen. Not, not my families. uncle Tony, not my uncle Chris. They have another brother, their older brother, whose name was Terrence, and he was actually murdered in 1991. So um, the way this all came out was uh, at my uncle's funeral, like my mother was just going crazy, like, ah, like, <laughs> like, like she was just going crazy at the funeral. Right, uh-huh. my father came in like full orange jumpsuit, shackles. Oh, you could do a lot of that in New York. Like, yeah, because his, yeah. brother, his brother died. His, right, brother, right. his brother got murdered. So, like, my mother's going crazy at this funeral. Like, ah. And all my family's like. Why is she bugging out? <laughs> what's, what's going on? Like, what's up, right? So, um, so anyway, we found. I, I, I knew. 
I used to see my Uncle Terrence all the time, but I didn't know yeah. that's why I was seeing him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh. He used to be at the house all the time. Like, I'm just my Uncle, Uncle Terrence. Terrence. Yeah, he's digging it. Uncle's here. So, um, you know, um, anyway, so she was, so what happened was my, my Uncle Terrence died. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother, something, something happened. Um, something triggered in her. So, backstory to that, my mother was uh, physically abused and molested as a child by one of her mother's boyfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't find this out till I was, uh, like, years later, I was in a group home. And, um, like, I saw my file. And I was reading my file. And it had, like, the backstory on, like, yeah, the, uh, the history. Like like, history book. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And I'm reading. I'm like, what? Like, and, Were you uh, supposed to have that book? So I or got you... really cool with the, my, the counselor there. Uh-huh. And um, she just let me read it one day. You know, like that stuff is like kind of like confidential. It's supposed to be even from the kids, like you're Correct. not going to see until you hit eighteen, right? So I'm reading this. I'm maybe like I don't know, twelve, maybe something like that, twelve, uh-huh. something like that. And I'm reading this like, wow, I didn't know all this. So I knew my mother had some trauma because she told me that she had been through, you know, she had been in group homes and, and stuff like that, and foster homes, and my grandmother had a nervous breakdown. Mm-hmm. Um, her husband was a heroin addict, and um. So it was a lot of like abuse and, mm-hmm. and drug drug abuse going on in the house. Um, so she had a nervous breakdown. Um, and when that happened, the, the state came in and took my mother and her brother and they put them in homes and foster homes and all that stuff. And she dealt with a lot of, you know, bullying and harassment and stuff like that and you know, that kind of stuff. So anyway, back to, back to my uncle dying. My uncle getting shot in New York. Um, so my uncle gets shot. My mother is distraught, like crazy. So she goes and actually locks herself in a room for two weeks straight. And me and my brother, so I, in 91, I was, I was six years old. My brother was two. Mm-hmm. So like the, we had to go stay with the neighbor for like two weeks. She just wouldn't come out of her room. Like she would barely eat anything. Like she just stuck in her room. So um, after two weeks, she comes out of the room. After two weeks, she comes out of the room and she's like, she has this vision from God. I'm not making this up. So she has this vision from God that like she's supposed to, you know, start going to church and, uh, you know, everything. So like my life went from us never going to church to now we in church every single day. How Every day, like Monday and, through and Sunday? Monday through Monday, my dog. Like Golly. church, like Bible study, prayer meeting, Y'all just being at the church. Clean the Sunday, church. yeah, just there. You know, like we at the church. How was that? Crazy. So it it began like so, and then like I'm being forced to. Well, as a kid, I used to love to read. So, mm-hmm. um, I like I read the Bible like through and through. But she would like make me memorize verses and you know make me do all that kind of stuff. She'd make me pray, and I'm not talking about church like. Um, I'm not talking about like church, like you go to church, you say a prayer, you out of there. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like uh, um, there three, three Pentecostal eight. shouting, fire and brimstone, speaking in tongues, getting slain in the spirit, church, like all that, like people just being like crazy, running around the aisles, up and down, left and right, prophesizing, all kind of just, cr- all kind of stuff. So like I'm, I'm six, seven years old, and we we're going through this transition, right? So, um, 
you know, it was like I said, once once my my um my uncle passed, like something like really triggered in my mother and brought about like the best but the worst from her. Mm. Because now we started like we like I said, we never used to go to church. And I don't remember getting like a spanking up until this point. Stay with, so six years stay old. with me now. So we at we at home. I'm six. I'm like my mom's best friend, right? And no church. I'm not never. I don't remember a spanking up until this point. Now my mother, my uncle passes away. Um, she comes out with this epiphany or this vision from God that she's supposed to go to start going to church. Now, I'm like getting beat, like. And it's like, spare the rod, spoil the child, is what she's telling us. So what do you think caused the beatings to happen, like, to start? Because typically, you think, like, it'd be vice versa, like, you're getting beat prior to church, and then right. your mom's joined church, and she's right. like, oh, you know what? I got to stop beating my kids. Right. Right. It was the opposite. So it was crazy, like, so, and I'm not talking about, like, beat, like, like I got spanking. I'm talking about, like, beat, like, bloody nose, like, scratching on my face and like stuff like that like craziness like just going ballistic and um me, me and my little brother at the time well my little brother um was, was we're going through this and um like I said we're going to church so now I'm equating all this to like yo I want to go back to not going to church yeah. no more like, <laughs> everything was good back then like now we go to church and like I'm getting whooped and beat and like and she would always say, like, um, her mother, she said her mother used to beat her. Mm. And um, which is a brings up a whole nother story because I talked to my grandmother before she passed and my uncle, her brother, and they they don't remember that. So I don't, I don't, maybe she did, maybe she didn't, I don't know. But I know me and my little brother was getting jacked up. Like beat. Like and, every day? Uh, every no, not every day, like and and not for no reason. Mm -hmm. Like we would do something. It wasn't like we were just coming in the house and she was beating us. Gotcha. Okay. But okay. it was uh, so a lot of it stemmed from this, right? So, um, you know me, I'm I'm a I'm a people person. Like, yeah. You know, I'm 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 extroverted. I like to laugh. I like to make people laugh. Things like that. So, like, um, when when she got into this church, into church, it was now like you can't hang around with your, those friends anymore because they're heathens they're going to give you a spirit. Like, you're going to get a spirit from hanging out with them. So you can't hang out with them no more. You can't, like, go to, like, parties. Not, and I was a kid, but, like, yeah, little yeah. kid parties. You can't, like, um, like, you can't hang out with anybody unless they, like, in the church. Like, that's it. Otherwise, yeah. you're going you're gonna to get a, a, a demonic spirit in you or something like that, All right? So I'm just like, I'm like, so I can't, have, like, only these people in the church? Like, so anyway, um... So a lot of the stuff that I would get spankings for would be about that. Like I would like go like down to the basketball court and play basketball, or I would go. I have my my uh, my god brother Kenny. Um, shout out to Kenny. We would uh like she just thought he was the worst influence on me. Like she didn't want me hanging out with him at all. And uh, me and him would just like run the streets and do. Crazy stuff. Yeah, not, not, just not, stuff. yeah, just kid stuff. Yeah, not, yeah, nothing yeah. like illegal or nothing like right. that. But we would just do dumb stuff. <clears throat> um, and uh, so she, so like a lot of my, my, that stuff stemmed from me wanting to, like she got, she got so 
bad with it. Like, she didn't want me to go to school. She wanted me to, like, um, and this is kind of like the beginning and the end of me and my mother's relationship. Mm. So she wanted me to, like, not go to school. I was in elementary school at the time, and I was just about to go to middle school. So she wanted me to not go to school. She wanted me to stay home and be homeschooled. She what she called Christian homeschooling, which would be her like going to Walmart or Shoprite and getting me like a little booklet, you know those a little uh, little workbooks, have, yeah, 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 like little yeah, activities yeah. in it, and like that was my that was my school, like that was what she she's I wouldn't do it though. That's where the problems arise. Uh, so like I did it for like a little while, like I did it for like a couple months, uh, and I wasn't doing nothing, and I've always been really bright, but um, like. When I was in school, I would get in trouble because I would talk a lot. I would be the class clown. You know what I'm saying? So I was like in special education classes, but I had to, for my behavior, but the work was so non-challenging for me, they had to put me in higher, like um, higher learning classes because the work wasn't keeping up with me. So it was like, so it was like a, it was like a constant battle. The work wasn't keeping up. Right. So like I would go, so like if I'm in a special education class, right, it might be like 12 kids in your class, right? Mm-hmm. All these kids, like in, in special education, they could have a learning disability, right? Or they could have a behavioral issue. Yeah. Um, a lot of times the kids with the learning disabilities, you know what their problem is, they got a learning disability. Right. But a lot of times with the, the kids with uh, behavioral problems, they have a behavioral problem and it's because it could be because of a learning disability. Like they they don't get the work, so it just causes them to just be like, I'm not doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, just yeah, give up yeah, on yeah. it. Okay, okay, okay. And for me, it wasn't that. Like so, like they get so I'm in a class with these guys, these you know these kids, and they got learning disabilities or they're not really they can't really do the work. I'm doing the work in like two minutes, and then I'm back to my old ways. Like what's up, y'all? Let's party. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like yo, like I get like the whole day's done to work like in an hour. Really? And it's like, I'm just like, what's up, y'all? Like, I'm, I'm ready. Like, we partying? What we doing? Like, oh, so you it really was crazy. Class up. I was turned up. I was turned up. It was crazy. And looking at it now, it's just like, um, it's, it's, it's funny to me. But it was, it, that caused a lot of stress on my mother because she's having to get called to the school a lot. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I was yeah. getting suspended a lot. Um, uh, I was like in, like I was in the, the, the principal's office like every day. I got so like, I was like friends with the, um, but everybody, like I'm so cool with everybody. Mm. Everybody loves me. Even though I'm in trouble, I'm in there with like the secretary and we're talking, eating lunch together. And But I just got to sit in there because I'm going to distract the rest of the class. Yeah. So I'm like putting all the teacher's mails in the mailboxes, you know, doing all these little errands. I'm like they little helper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like at, at any point, the teacher, like if I'm just acting crazy in class, teachers be like, go to the principal's office. And I just stay there for the rest yeah, of the day. Find stuff for you to do. Just find stuff for me to do. And uh, so anyway, so she so she tried to homeschool me. I wasn't with it because I'm like I'm here home alone. All I was with my little my little brother, but he was he's four years younger than mm-hmm. me. So it's like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's my little it's, you know, what I'm saying? he's a baby to me. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm like I can't do this, and um, and like that was the beginning of like my mother and I's real 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 problems because she kind of wanted me to be this certain way, like you know, like sanctified and Holy Ghost filled child. Uh-huh. And I'm like, yo, I'm trying to go chill with my friends. I'm trying to go to the rec center and play basketball. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm, that's what I'm on. I'm on kid stuff. 
Absolutely. Like, I ain't trying to be in church all holy, Yeah, holy yeah, rolling. Yeah. Holy rolling. <laughs> and, yo, like, like she would, like, it was crazy. Like, she, like, the neighbors, like, in the project, they, like, where we live, mm-hmm. they all knew she was, like, the crazy church lady. She would come outside and be, like, pleading, uh, sprinkling the blood of Jesus on people. Like, what are you doing, yo? Like, <laughs> yo. like, yo, craziness, bro. Like, but, um, so anyway, you know, um, you know, me and my mother's issues kind of started and, um, like, she really, like, the older I got, I used to help, I used to help my mother with everything. Mm-hmm. Like, my mother, um, she was on welfare my whole life. Like, so, like, I used to help her with everything, taking care of my brother. I used to, like, take all the laundry, like, two blocks down the city. Like, I'm 10 or 9, taking all the laundry to the laundromat. We didn't have no, no yeah, washer yeah, and dryer yeah. in the crib. Right, right. I'm taking all the laundry to the laundromat, washing it. Um, Drying it, folding it, everything, bringing it back home. Um, like she used to get food stamps, and it used to be this thing. Like you know, you can't get like toilet paper with food stamps, or like you really? can't get real. You can't get like real things. You can only get food with food stamps. Uh, so you can't get oh, yeah, like soap yeah, or yeah, right, detergent right. or whatever. Yeah. So like, in order for me to wash these clothes, uh, so food stamps. I don't know if you remember, they used to come in. I don't a know, if booklet, you, a little booklet. Yeah. And it used to be like different. Like used to be ones. The ones was brown. Mm-hmm. Right, so in New York, it's a whole lot of corner stores. Like every every couple of steps is a, it's, a, it's, a, yeah, yeah. it's a store, right? So the cra- the 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 jig is if you get if you give them a dollar in food stamps, what they got to give you? If, if if you buy something for twenty five cents, you give them a dollar, what they got to give you? Seventy five. Ain't no food stamp change, so they got to yeah. give you three quarters back. They got to give you seventy five cent back. So in order for me to wash these clothes, because we ain't yeah, had no bread for a quarter, I would have to go to like fifteen different corner stores with a dollar of food stamps and get back 75 cents. So I used to do this all the time. Right? It was crazy. Before I could go take the clothes to the laundromat and wash them. So it's like, Tuesday, you got to go do all your... <laughs> I got to I gotta get the money. Get money pick up. I got to get the money to do it. And then Wednesday, we have, I'm, I'm, at the, I'm at the laundry day. Right? Wow. So, uh, and it's, you know, so, um, but like, I was, like, I helped my mother with all that. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, help taking care of my brother, my little brother. Um, at the time that she ended up having another baby, uh, my baby brother. Um, so I would help take care of both of them. But, um, you know, when she would get her food stamps and she would get that, that you know, that big food stamp check, mm-hmm. we hit the, we. I would take off of school. Like every day, every- How do you just get the option to take off school? I mean, she would let me. She, she would let me. We just had a truant officer come to our house and everything. She was like, I needed, I needed this help. Like we had to go shopping. And what, what did the officer say? Nothing, nothing they could really do. There wasn't nothing they could do because I'm being truant, but like all my grades is I got A's and everything. What can you say? Give me a test right now. I'm going to ace it. What you saying, Where Mr. Truant Officer? I don't know. Hold on. I read a lot. I read a lot as a kid. Uh, okay, like okay. big, like long books. I just loved, I just loved to read. You watch Harry Potter? I did watch Harry Potter. I read the books before the movies came did out. Did your mom let you watch? Because like, she thought it was demonic. Okay, mine so my too. Gra- so my <laughs> grandmother, so my grandmother, my, my mother's mother bought me was one. It was, it was either Christmas or my one of my birthdays uh-huh. back back in this day. Yeah, and she got me one of the books. And it was like the first book that came out. She's like, this is a, you know, she got me like the first two of them. Uh-huh. She's like, this is the big crave and all this and that. My mother said no. She says it's, it's witchcraft and you know all this. I couldn't read it. Yeah, I just started watching Harry Potter. Yeah. So I so but I used to uh, go to the, my school library uh-huh. and read books in there all day. As a kid, you were intrigued to go to the library and read books. I loved reading, bro. Huh. 
I wish I had. I loved reading like, and I'm talking about like big, like Lord of the Rings, the Harry Potter books. Like I, I, I can't remember all the books I read. I used to read a lot about uh, medieval times, like King Arthur and knights, and I don't know. But I was like, maybe it was like me trying to get away. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. from what I was going through. You know, just on another. You know, to you know, some something else. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I just really enjoyed reading. So like. It would be times like I would be in my bed at night, like up till two, three in the morning. I couldn't finish this book. Like I'm just like with a flashlight. Because <laughs> if my mother catch me, like I'm not supposed to be reading this book. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter or something. Like she, she gonna, she gonna beat me. So I don't know. I was just always real, real smart. My father is really intelligent, mm-hmm. just a, like a manipulative, type, manipulative type. But you kind of got to be kind of smart to be manipulative. Yeah. I never seen a dumb person be manipulative. So, I don't know. So, like I said, the truant officer couldn't really say nothing because my grades is awesome. Right. The teachers couldn't understand it. They like, and I'm going to like therapy. I'm going to like counseling sessions and they can't figure out what's wrong with me because I'm talking to them like this and I'm, they like, they they liking me. Like, they like, this kid is great. Like, <laughs> they don't know what's wrong with him. <laughs> they, like, yeah. they like, this kid is awesome. And I'm just wow. like, yeah, and I'm just like, everybody, everybody was just, they just couldn't figure it out. So, um, and I'll get to how I how I broke out of that, mm-hmm. but um, so so um, so yeah, so my mother didn't want me to go to school, so I was gonna get these these demons in me, whatever. I was hanging around with the wrong people. At this time, I'm like, um, like I said, I was going from elementary school and going into middle school. So now, my thing is, I'm starting to like girls and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm like having a girlfriend and stuff like this. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not doing nothing. Yeah. But I, I got a girl. We yeah, might girl. kiss or right, right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we might kiss or whatever. Hold hands in school or whatever. Anyway, so um, I feel like the the more, the older I got, the farther I got, the, the, the weaker my mom's and my relationship got. Mm. So mind you, all this time, you know, we've been dealing with like getting beat, punished, like can't go outside. I used to just run away. Like, it was times I would just run away, like, go to my... I had a friend um, back then. His name was Miguel. Miguel Hernandez. You ever watch this podcast? Shout out to you, Miguel. Because I tried to find him on Facebook, but I couldn't find him. But um, he... Um, I used to go to his crib. His crib was, like, two houses down from my mother's house. Like, and she didn't was, know that's where you were at? She, she knew where I was, but she wouldn't, she wouldn't come get me. Like, she wouldn't... Like, she just wouldn't. Like, I would just, I would just stay in his crib for days on end. Like, his mother was... Domin- he's Dominican. His mother was Dominican, father Dominican. They didn't speak no English. They had mad kids. So they had like six, seven. You kind of just blended in. I just blended in. <laughs> like, so, so it's dinner time at the Hernandez family. Uh-huh. And I'm just at the dinner table. Like, I'm one of them. You know, like, <laughs> like, like, what's for dinner tonight, Bob? Rice and beans and chicken. Like, this, this is it. Like, Did every, you pick up Spanish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, used, to speak a little, I used to speak it much better than I speak it now because I, I, I used to have to use it every day. Yeah. But yeah, like me and Miguel, man, we, used to, we, we were real tight. And we played on a basketball team together in middle school. And uh, so we were just tight. We used to do everything together. And then my god brother, Kenny. Um, so anyway, all this is going on. So, um, cat, uh, you know, catalyst of all this, right? So me and mother, we, we going through all this craziness. Um, um, and I'm just starting going to middle school. I had this girlfriend I was dating. And uh, back then, if like you was dating, if you was dating somebody, and they had like a chain, you would wear mm-hmm. their chain. 
her name. Yeah, yeah, her name, yeah. I used to yeah. wear her name, okay. chain, like a little gold chain uh-huh. on my neck. Right? Her name was Jennifer. Okay, okay. So I had a, I had a little chain that said Jen. Oh, it said Jen. It said Jen. Okay. Right? <clears throat> so um, I don't know. One day, this is, this is how it all started. This is how it all went crazy, right? This is going crazy. So um, my I'm wearing this chain, and I think I did something like I went somewhere like to either a party or something. I did something, and I was hanging out with with Jen, and I was hanging out with my peoples or whatever. And because um, it's New York, like you just walk. It's it's like mm-hmm. it ain't like here where you got to get in the car to right. go somewhere. You can walk everywhere. You can walk yeah. everywhere, or you get on a subway or whatever. Like you know, what I'm saying? it's New York. So so I'm like I, I was somewhere. I came back late, mm-hmm. right? So my mother, um, so we, throughout all this time, like, with her doing all this beating and stuff like that, like, we had people come to the house, like, checking on our well-being and stuff, like, child protective services. Mm -hmm. So they had come to her and was like, you know, you need to start doing, you know, you don't need to beat them. You need to, like, do these other parenting techniques, like, put them in timeout and stuff like this. Mind you, I'm, like, 11 years, I'm, like, mad big at this point. Like, I'm, like, time out. Like, so... You know what I'm saying? So, like, I'd rather just take the, 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 the beat. Yeah, like, yeah, like beat I'm, me real yeah. quick. I'm good. Right? So, what happens is, I come back. I was I was going. Um, and my mother says, like, where, where have you been? Mm. I was just like, I've, I've been out. I've just been out. And she was like, she was like, stand in the corner. I was like, nah. She told you to stand in the corner? She was like, stand in the corner until I tell you to get out. I was just like, nah. You see, you're 12 at this time. Like 11. 11, 12. 11, 12, something like this. Right? So I'm just like, nah, not doing it. And she was like, nah, stand in the corner. I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing it. I'm just going to my room. So I tried to go to my room and like she grabbed like the back of my neck with the chain and like banged my head on the wall and the chain broke. And so like the chain broke. I got so mad. I like did like this like and hit her, hit my mother and she flew like the back against the wall. There's this big hole in the wall. So I'm just like, I'm just like, oh, you know, oh, snap. Like, what, I, what did I do? And uh, so she called the police. Um, and it's, it's so crazy, right? So she calls the police. Um, I get taken to this uh, non-secure detention center. So what non-secure detention center means is you go to a, it's a detention center, mm-hmm. but if I want to leave, I can just leave. They can't stop me. Can't stop me. What's right? the point? Because if you leave, when you go to your court date, you'll get in more trouble. Oh. So I'm waiting. So I'm waiting here um, in my court day. So I'm here for like a couple months, right? So um, mind you, I get into this. I get into this um, this non-secure detention center. I'm with a bunch of people I already know, mm-hmm. like people from the you know, from a neighborhood or yeah, people or from my school or people. Uh, one of these dudes was one of one of my dudes' brother, older brother, but they really be like about that life. So like we in there, they talking. We talking about hustling and all this and like girls. and Mind you, it's a co-ed spot, so it's got girls in it, too. Like, you can mix and mingle with the girls. It's girls and guys in the same... You're on the same... Like, you're in the different wings, but like, y'all eat dinner together during the day. you like, interacting or whatever. Okay, so, I'm, okay. meeting, you know, I'm meeting girls and all this. We're talking... Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I'm talking to all these dudes, and they they all, like, gang members. Blood. The, the place where I grew up, there was a lot of bloods at. So, my god brother, Kenny, is, like, this blood. Like, everybody knows him. And uh, I, I just never wanted to get caught up in that, like, in that... In the gang stuff. But mm-hmm. my god brother, Kenny, and my cousins... Uh, my cousins are, are bloods. They're all bloods. My, my, my foster brothers, they're all bloods, all that kind of stuff. So, um, but I never wanted to join it. Anyway, but they all knew me as Kenny's brother. They knew I was, that, that was my god brother. 
So all these people knew me. So and this was going to save me later on down the road. So I'm <laughs> so I'm, I'm I'm in here with these you know folks and we talking about hustling and all this stuff, right? Mind you, my father was a was a hustler. You know what I'm saying? So um, so anyway, I go to my court date, you know, for the stuff that happened with my mom. And, um, you know, they tell me now I'm person, I'm, I, I get put on like parole for kids. It's called a uh, PIN's person in need of supervision. Mm. So, so you have like a behavior aid kind uh, of what you Yeah, sense. right. So they don't want me to, you know, so I got to go check in with this dude monthly, do drug tests and all this kind of stuff. I didn't really never do drugs, so I wasn't no issue or nothing like that. But I never, like, smoked and, like, everyone's, like, very, 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 yeah. very, very seldom. Rare occasion. Rare, yeah, just, like, <laughs> right, let me try it, whatever. I would drink every now and again, but... At 12? Yeah, I used to, yo, drink and, like, smoke cigarettes and black and miles. That's about all I did. At 12 years old? 12 years old. Crazy. Yep. Drink E&J, Bacardi. You're trying to die. I mean, I wasn't trying to die. I mean, you're an jerk. <laughs> <laughs> The first, it's the first time. So anyway, um, so mind you, I'm in here with these dudes. We talk, they talking about hustling, mm. right? So, and I had been around all of this before, but it's like, I never, like I said, even with the gang stuff, I never really wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. But <clears throat> like they, so when I get out and I see like one of the dudes that I was in there with, um, my, one of my dude's older brothers, and he was like, yo, you know, so you need to get on. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, um, so basically that's how I kind of started like selling drugs, you know, as a kid. And, um, you know, so I was selling drugs and then, um, um, so I got caught, I got caught doing it. Um, well, first I got stabbed, then I got caught. You got stabbed. Right. So I got stabbed. Somebody knew that I had like a package on me, ran up on me, two, two dudes jumped me and stabbed me in the leg. Were they Spanish? No, nah, they weren't Spanish. It's black dudes. So anyway, what are you um, selling? Uh, weed, cocaine. So you started off at the hard drugs. And most people like you start selling drugs, like because I thought about it once upon a time, and I was just gonna do like little small stuff like weed. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. But you did weed and cocaine. Yeah, I would sell weed like in school, and, and then like the sell crack, the like yeah, to the to the, the junkies, yeah, to the junkies. Fiends. He was like a little modern day Frank Lucas. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't that big in it. Like, so, and so what I used to do at this time, so, tell you how I got caught. I'm doing all of this and I can't go to my mom's crib. Right? So, sometimes I wouldn't have somewhere to stay. Like, I didn't really, I could, like, I don't, I don't it just might have been a situation where, like, I, I was, out too late or something, I couldn't go to Miguel's house. Mm-hmm. Or I couldn't go to somebody, you know, one of my people's house or whatever. So what I would do is I would um like walk down a down a block and check car doors to see if they was open and I would sleep in the back. Right? So this is how I got caught. So one morning, I guess somebody came to their car and I was in their sleep. They called the police. I, and I get waking up to the police arresting me. I got Drugs the pack on. Right. So, so I get sent to, uh, so mind you, I'm, I'm on pins person. They need to, I'm already on probation. Oh, snap. So, so this is my offense. Like I'm, I'm about to go. So some time. yeah. So they sent me to this place called DFY detention for youth. Craziest place ever. So DFY is upstate somewhere. Upstate or? New York. Upstate. Okay. Yes. Yeah, upstate. It's in like 
Binghamton or something like yeah, so somewhere way the, up there. All, yeah, it's weird. All the prisons are far. upstate. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. because they don't want you to be able to run away and just be like right back. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I'm up there. So DFY is crazy, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because as a kid, as a juvenile, as a ju- this is a hardcore juvenile detention center. So as a kid, if you do something wrong, or, or as an adult, if you do something wrong, you go to a prison based on what you did. Like, yeah. if I robbed the old lady... The level of... What, yeah, if, yeah if I'm going to go to, like, a little rinky-dink, uh, mm-hmm. medium-secure yeah, prison. Yeah. If I, you know, murdered eight people, I'm going to be in maximum secure. Yeah. Maximum secure. I'm going to be locked down 23 hours a day, blah, blah, blah. When you're under 18, all of y'all are together. So, like, I'm in there for, like, selling a little weed, breaking into cars, and, you know, selling a little drugs, breaking into cars, and it's a dude right here who killed his whole family, hung the dog, set the house on fire. He's really crazy. It's gang members right here. It's like these these people. So y'all all in just the same pod we all, area. We all it's, it's like a it's a detention center. So it's like it's like a um think of like this room. Like uh-huh. you see how these the walls don't go all the way up to the ceiling. Yeah. It's like different pods broken down like that. So like you can like we used to have like fights right, and we would like take stuff like batteries and stuff, and we throw them over the walls and it'd be, like throw them at people. Like so like we used to have it's, it's to be crazy. It's to be crazy, bro. So this, so this place, DFY, it was like a nightmare, bro. Like because it was just like they didn't give you shoelaces in your shoes because you didn't want they didn't want you to hang yourself. Yeah. They didn't want you to hang nobody else. Like you know, kids getting late ra- raped in there. Like right in the, you know what I'm saying, like just craziness, like just crazy. And the thing that remember I tell you the thing that saved me is it's a lot of bloods in here. Your cousins. They know my they know my godbrother. They yeah. know my cousins. So they like I right, don't you know don't mess with me. So I was kind of cool. I was just kind of, you know, ducked off on my own. So I was there. I was only there for like four months. Craziest four months, dog. Absolutely. Crazy, crazy, right? So, um, so, um, so this, so that happens, right? I get out of there. I'm like, yo, I ain't messing with none of this crazy stuff no more, right? So I go back to my mother's house, um, and something happens. My mother, my mother, um, my mother got evicted from her apartment, right? So they had this place where they had this place where they would um, uh, send like women, um, like with children, single mm-hmm. mothers, like they would put them in a shelter. Yeah, yeah. Mind you, uh, back backstory to that is my mother, my father used to beat my mother, and so like when we were younger, younger, my mother used to go to all these different like uh, battered women's shelters. So like we've been in the system, like I've been to these places multiple times. Like, so it was just a cycle that we kept repeating. Mm-hmm. Like, she would, you know, like, my father would get out of prison. He would find my mother somehow. And, you know, because my father knew a lot of people in New York. He knew a lot of people. And um, so he would find out somehow where we stayed at. And he would just show up. And no matter what my father did, no matter what I saw my father do, I always wanted to be with my father. Like, he was my dad. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, and then because I didn't see him a lot, it was like, when I did see him, it was like, oh, like, it's my, you know what I'm saying? It's my dad. Yeah. Um. And so it kind of, that put a hurt on my mother and I's relationship as well. Um, so like I said, battered women's shelters, shelters, battered women. We used to go to like convents. We was like hit out in a, in a convent one time with nuns and all this. It was just crazy, bro. Like, anyway, so she gets evacuate, 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 um, evicted from her apartment. We get sent to this homeless shelter for, for women with children. And it was crazy. So we're... Me and my brother, me and my little brother used to argue a whole lot. Like, he used to irk my nerves. Mm. And, like, he used to try to follow me everywhere. And, like, I knew I wasn't doing right, the good good stuff, so I never wanted him to be around me. Mm. 
So I would tell him, like, yo, go away from me. Like, don't stop following me. And he just wouldn't listen. So I just had to beat him up for him to, like, go home crying. And he used to tell my mom, like, Brandon beat me up. And, of course, she would resent me for that. Like, so when she saw me, like, it was, it'd be crazy. So, um, so she, so our relationship is getting more and more strained. Like, so my, my mother and I, so, and I'll, I'll go back to the shelter thing. So like, it would be situations like for Christmas, my mother didn't, like I said, my mother was on welfare. So we were supposed to, so like she, so for Christmas, my mother couldn't afford to buy us no gifts. So we would, what we would do is we would write a letter saying, I want a remote control car mm-hmm. or I want such and such and put a list together and send it to the, um, you know, the welfare officer, whatever the office was, yeah. send it to. People, like, that had money would come by and look at the letters and be like, I'm going to donate, I'm going to buy this kid these right. presents, right? right? If nobody adopted your letter, they would give you, like, a, a, a gift card. Okay, okay. So, okay. like, to go to, like, in New York, it's like Bradley's or, uh, uh-huh. like, a, a Sears or something like that, where you can go get your toys or whatever, right? Yeah, okay, okay. So, I remember coming home from school one day. My, bro- my little brother, he didn't write a letter. Right? I wrote a letter for my Christmas gift, right? So I came home one day and my mother, I saw a brand new bike in the living room. I'm like, damn, we got new, somebody got a new bike. Where this came from? Mind you, I didn't know what happened. Yeah. So my, my brother got a new, a, a new bike. I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? I go in the back. My mother, she got like this new coat hanging up. I know when my mother gets new stuff. Like, it's like, we ain't got nothing. So you <laughs> right, see something right. new in the house. It's like, Somebody so, something up. happened. Yeah, 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 what happened? yeah. Where, where you get this bread from? Like, you know, you know. So she she got these new boots and this new jacket hanging up. And I'm like, okay, I see it. I go into the bathroom. My baby brother was the baby at the time. And it's like a new potty seat on the toilet. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, where do you, where you, get, where you get this money from? Yeah. Like, so I'm at, talking to my, my mother, like, where'd you get this money from? She's like, oh, your um, she's like, your, your um, your gift card came in for your Christmas gifts. And so I went out and I got. Your brother Aaron a bike. I got Judah a potty, and I got me some stuff. I said, mind you, I know we a family, so I'm like, all right, cool. Like, yeah. what you get me? Right, right. Like that's cool. I don't mind sharing my little car with everybody. What you got me? Oh, I ain't get you nothing. You've been, you've been being you, like, you've been like beating up your brother or something like that. Like, I remember I was so like hurt about this, bro. Like this one moment was like, I was just like, so you took. The card that I was that I wrote for to get, and you bought everybody something but me. That's fine. I didn't get no Christmas gift that year. No Christmas gift. So how you feeling in this moment? Crazy, bro. Like that, 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 that made me. I think that was one of the moments where I was really like, "Yo, I'm done with my mother." Mm-hmm. Like at that point, I was just like, "It's a wrap." So back to the shelter. My, my mom got evicted from her apartment. So me, her, my two little brothers, we all living in this homeless shelter. Me and my little brother is arguing about something. We're in the cafeteria, like part part of this place. And uh, we're, we're all eating. And um, so we're eating and my brother's like messing with me. I don't know what he was doing. He's messing with me. Mm-hmm. So I probably like beating him up or something like that. I don't say, when I say beat him, I'm like, I'm not punching him in the face. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. Rough I'm like, yeah, roughing yeah. him up. Like, yo, leave me alone. Anyway, so my mother, she just like, snaps and like has a like she starts like throwing food at me like mind you we're in this, this homeless shelter like she's throwing food she's cussing blah, 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 just going crazy CPS office right on the bottom floor 
So they see everything on the camera, on these cameras, right? And so they see everything on these cameras. They see her throwing the food, cussing at me, just all this crazy stuff. They come upstairs with an officer. They take me, my brother, both me and both my brothers out of my mom's custody at that point. And we all go to a foster home together. At th that night, like that, as soon as that happened, we all go to a foster home together. So um, we get to this foster home. Um, this lady, love this lady. She was, she was awesome. Her name's Catherine. Mm -hmm. um, she already, she got her son. She's got her brother's two kids that she takes care of. And her daughter, who's older, with a baby that lives there. And it's like all of us in this, like, once in this three-bedroom apartment in the hood. It's all of us. So it's, it's them, it's all them already, her and her boyfriend. And then me and my two little brothers, she took us all in together. So we all living here together. And I loved it. Like, it was like, like she, I could talk to her about anything. Mm -hmm. she, uh, she always made sure we had something to eat. She always made sure we were taken care of. Like, no matter what, like, we was like a real, we was, like, we was a family. You know what I'm saying? Like, she just made sure that we was good. And, um, uh, but my brother at the time, he was kind of into, like, the streets. My old foster brother, he was into the streets a lot. So I would be hanging out with him, drinking, smoking, you know, all that kind of stuff. But um, anyway, so my, my my baby brother, they let him after like a couple after like a couple months or so, mm -hmm. he went back to stay with my mom. <clears throat> really? Right? Yeah, he went. They let him go back to stay with my mother. They felt like he was not in no real danger or whatever. And then my young, my middle brother, my younger, my younger brother, him and my mother hated the the place where we were because mm -hmm. my brother, he he was like he's like an introvert, so like he didn't really get along with none of the people that was there, and like he didn't he didn't have the kind of relationship that I had with them. Right. So he went and basically him and my mother said that my foster mother's boyfriend, like they were in like a mall or something. Mm -hmm. And like the, the foster, the, the, he like hemmed him up or something like that. They didn't say he hit him. They just say he hemmed him up. Yeah. And so they had to come do this investigation. And so uh, I ended up getting sent to a group home. So now I'm in a group home and. Uh, just you by yourself? Me, my, me, first me and my little brother go together. Cause they're doing this investigation. Right. So first, me and my little brother were together. It's a, it's a, um, uh, it's this group home is a co-ed group home. So it's boys and girls in it. So, um, <clears throat> like my little brother's there. I'm there. There's girls there. I'm like going crazy. Like it's, I'm having a time of my life. <laughs> I was having a time of my life, Joe. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I, I was having a time of my life, right? It was like I had, at the group home. Like, yeah, it's like girls fighting over me and all kinds of stuff. I'm like, yo, this is. I was like, this is this is heavy. <laughs> I never want to leave, yo. I Dude, never want to leave. The only kid I've ever heard is that I never want to leave a group home. Never wanted to leave. I was cool with all the counselors. One of the counselors was like my cousin somehow, like through marriage. It was like, I had, this is where I met the counselor that let me read my mom's file. Oh, okay. So okay. like, I'm, I'm like. You the homie. I'm the, yeah, yeah, I'm the homie. Like, I, every, we, we, everything is Gucci. Like, every, like, and my brother's there. Uh -huh. So when my, so the, here's the messed up part. My brother's there. So anytime he would do something wrong, the counselors would tell me to get on him. Uh, yeah. So I would get on him, like beat him up, whatever, make him cry, whatever the case may be. And um, he would tell my mom, and my mom's telling the people, like, look, yeah. yeah, he don't, he need to come back with me. You know what I'm saying? Blah blah blah. blah. So ended, they ended up taking my. Uh, no, here's what happened. So they ended up moving me from that group home. Now they moved me to an all boys group home. Hey, hey, that. So I'm out of now. Now I'm just here, like, I'm yeah, here. yeah. These dudes, and, and you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, so my brother, so eventually my brother gets 
goes back to my mother. Something else happens mm-hmm. where he, um, like, they fall out again. Where they fall out, and he gets sent to another foster home. And both of my brothers now are in a foster home, and I'm in a group home. Right? So, um, what happened is this. So, I'm in this all-boys group home for some time. You know what I'm saying? For some time now. And um, I come home. I come to New uh, Well, I'm still in New York. I'm still I'm upstate, though. So I go, um, my family has a family reunion every year. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened that I went to this family reunion. My uncle Chris, who adopted me, he was in a, he was in the army for 20 years and retired. So I only used to see him like on holidays, Christmas, yeah. Thanksgiving, stuff like that. And he got three daughters who I consider like my sisters. They're my, they're my sisters now. Um, but back then, they was my cousins. We used to all play together right. and all that. So, um... So my uncle, we were at this family reunion, and um, I see my uncle. My dad is still in prison, I think, at this time. Yeah, I think my dad is in prison again at this time. But I'm just at, um, I'm, I'm at this family reunion. My grandparents, they used to sometimes take me to see my father in prison. They used to drive upstate to go take me to see him and stuff like that. But um, so we at this family reunion, and my uncle, and I got like, I got like, rags on like I mean I ain't had like I'm living in a group home at this time I can't do nothing yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. so like I'm I'm, I got on like some 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 wax stuff so my uncle's like yo I you know I'm gonna take you to the store and get you some I'm gonna get you some clothes and so he take me to the store give me like some shoes and some you know like some dress up pants and dress up shirt and um so I'm like okay and I ain't think nothing of it so this is um right before right before 9-11 happens in New York right before 9-11 and so um, I go back. I go back to the group home or whatever. We had a payphone in the group home, so somebody called the payphone. Who are you looking for? You got to go get that person. Yeah. Like, so it was like you know, fault phone call happens, and somebody come get me. Like yo, it's a call for you, B. So go get the call. It's my uncle. So he's like, um, he's like, what's up, man? What's going on? I'm like, what's up, Uncle? And he's like, um, you know, I was like, I was talking to your caseworker. And, um, you know, I, he's like, uh, you know, me and, me and your Aunt Cheryl, we want to, you know, take you in. We want to, you know, we want to bring you here to Atlanta and to live with us. Mm-hmm. He's like, like, would you be cool with that? And I was like, yeah. All right. Yeah. Mind you, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it's like not real. I had lived with my aunt before for a mm-hmm. little while. That didn't work out. Um, you know, she it just was, you know, it just wasn't, it wasn't good. And then uh, this was like in between, like when I went. Like from the group home to the from the from the co-ed group home, I went to live with my aunt for a little while. That didn't work, and then I went to the all boys group home. Mm-hmm. But then I went back to the co-ed group home. Then I went to the boys group home. So at this point, I'm just like, I ain't doing nothing. Shoot, why not? I'm stuck at this daggone group home. Like, yeah, I'll come yeah. stay with you. And so he was like, all right. Uh, he was like, do you want to come before Christmas or after Christmas? And I was like, I thought about it. I was like, uh, probably like I, just, I said, let's let's do after Christmas. That way I can tell, like, my friends, mm-hmm. you know, what happened or whatever, you know, that, that I'm leaving and all that. And yeah, I can tell yeah, my yeah. people, you know what I'm saying? So he's like, all right, cool. So um, 9-11 happens. This is like maybe, this is like end of August, something like that. And then 9-11 happens in September, mm-hmm. right? And then my uncle calls me mm-hmm. and asks me about this, right? So this yeah. is just 9-11 just happened. Yeah, yeah, so it's a lot going on. Right, there's a lot going on. So this is, uh, so he called, he's like, you want to come after Chris? He called me back like two days later. He's like, all right, got your ticket booked December 27th. I was like, damn, that's right after Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, the next right, year. I'm like, thinking, yeah, 2000. <laughs> so I was like, damn, that's right after Christmas. So he, um, so yeah, he got my ticket and 
and and brought me out here to Atlanta. So I get out here. Mind you, I never lived in a crib. Like I, I always lived in apartments, oh, comp- yeah, yeah, projects. Yeah. Never had my own room. Never had. So what city you moving to? Atlanta. Like the actual city of Atlanta. Oh no no no. We moved. Uh, he lived in. Um, at the time, he was living in Ellenwood. Okay okay. So it was on the south side. Yeah. So this is where I met Dave. Anyway, Dave lived like right around the corner from me. Okay. okay. So uh, he went to the same high school with me. Ah. Yeah. So I get out there. So I'm um. So I'm um. I get to the crib. I'm like, dog, literally, the theme song of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is playing in my head. Literally, bro. I'm pulled up to the crib. I'm like, like, this the crib? Like, he's like, yeah. And I uh, get in there, like, my uh, my mom, my aunt, who I consider my mom, mm-hmm. and my sisters, they had went out and bought me, like, a whole wardrobe. Only The only thing I had was a little duffel bag full of, like, probably two pants, mm-hmm. two shirts, some drawers, some socks. I ain't have nothing. So I get there, and they had went out and bought me a whole wardrobe, like jeans, shirts, Tims, Air Force Ones. My room has, like, my own stereo system hanging on the wall, computer with internet. I didn't have no internet. Like oh, You was really the Fresh Prince. A, a TV, my own TV, PlayStation, every, everything. Like, they, they laid everything out for me. And, like, that was, like, the first time where I could ever, like, where I ever was in, like, a true family, like traditional family setting mm-hmm. where I saw what it was like to be a family, where I, where I was shown what it was like to be a husband, where I was shown, um, you know, I was taught how it was to be like a, a son. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so I had responsibilities, I had chores, you know what I'm saying? But other than that, like, if I took care of what I needed to take care of, everything, like, they got me anything I wanted. I didn't have to worry about anything. And that was the first time I ever had, I ever had that. Yeah. Happened. I, I never, mm-hmm. always had nothing. So it was it was crazy because I got to Atlanta, and the first thing I did was met the wrong people in school. So I met the wrong people, and I uh, I started selling weed in school. Selling weed. What made you want to sell weed though, man? Because you like you pretty much you practically have it laid out for you. So that's that's that's, that's coming. So this is this is how it flipped, right? So. I'm selling weed, and um, one day I'm hanging. I'm, I'm, I get home, and I had like this jean jacket, mm. and I had, but it was like warm outside. So I took the jean jacket off, but the inside pocket I had like the weed in my inside pocket, like in a plastic baggie, right? A big yeah. plastic baggie. Uh-huh. So I'm like holding the jacket, and um, so my uncle's there, and his good friend from New York. This mm. dude's name is Bear. Uh, shout out! Shout out to him. Um, and it tell you this. I, I always tell this story. So he he sees the weed in my jacket. So he's like, "Yo, yo, come, let me let me let me talk to you, New York dude." So he go in my room, and he's like, "What's that?" I'm like, "What? You're talking about?" He grabs my jacket and pulls out the weed. I'm like, "I'm like, well, you, like you see it now. That's what it is. Like it's weed. It's weed. Yeah. Like what you yeah. want? I can't say nothing now." So he was like, "Uh." He's like, why are you doing this? Big, big New York, big, big New York dude, right? So he's like, why are you doing this? And I was like, I ain't have no answer. He was like, yo, he was like, look around. He's like, you got everything that you could possibly want right here. He's like, you got a stereo, you got a your, your own room, your bed, your PlayStation, yeah, you got it your computer, clothes, everything. Anything that you want, you can go to your aunt and uncle. They're going to get it for you. Why are you doing this? 
And from that point on, I, I thought about it. And like something clicked in my head, like, right. I don't gotta do this no more. Yeah. Stop. Never, never sold no drugs ever after that. And like my behavior in school at that point, I was kind of still doing crazy stuff, but I like I changed it. Like it was like a, it was like a, I don't know, it's like a flip in my head where it was just like, you don't have to do this. Mm. You don't have to act this way, you don't have to do this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And from then on, I just, you know, graduated. Good grades, probably like a three point something, three point three GPA, something like that. Got so a, you still remains a smart kid, right? Yeah, always been smart. So I got this score on the SAT. But I was tired of school. Mm. I was like, I ain't going to no school. I was like, I'm, I'm, I don't want to write no more papers and this and that. And um, and so one day I was at home and the uh, military called me. What you plan on doing? <laughs> How did they just randomly call you? They get they get your number uh, cause so in school you got to do the uh, the practice ASVAB test. What? You just gotta, everybody got to do it. You don't have to do everybody, that in high school? No. Did you go to school here? I went to school. Uh, I finished in uh, North Carolina. Yeah, in Georgia, they make you take the, 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 the pre-ASVAB test. Really? Yeah. And so once you take that, I think they get your information. And then they work with the schools to get kids' names, like, of people that, you know, ha- you know might be interested, I guess. They, mm-hmm. they can go through the directory of kids in the area and just call. So they just called the number one day and... um called me and um, it was like, he, you know, the guy was like, you know, what you plan on doing? And I was like, I don't know. And he was like, well, you know, the military give you time to make a decision and you know what I'm saying? And and, and this and that. And um, and um, he was like, at, at the time, I wanted to go to like uh, like Art Institute mm-hmm. or um, Culinary Institute of America to be a you chef. You do cook. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. right. So at the time, I wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. So I told him, I was like, you know, I want to, um, I was like, I want to be, you know, I want to be a chef. And he was like, he was like, yo, the Navy sends, he was like, the Navy sends, uh, you know, you just, you did culinary school and, you know, you could work for, you know, fine dining and fine dining and all that. So I was like, hmm. So um, I was like, all right, bet. So I signed up. Went to the Navy, 10 years, bro. Like I did, I did 10 years in the Navy. Um, so like people that people that know me from like New York uh, now, that see me now, like they can't believe it. That you went to the Navy? That I'm like or just who you I, are. Yeah, just who I am today. Yeah. It's like you, like yo, so it's like they, they, it's like you I can't believe it. Like, so it's like um you know, but I owe all of that to, you know, my aunt and uncle, like mm-hmm. for really, for, for for first off, for taking me in and second off, for treating me like, you know, really like their son. Mm-hmm. Like they never treated me like no different, like not like a stepchild. They didn't have to beat me to do, to get me to do stuff. Like they didn't have to, you know what I'm saying, do none of that. They just, mm-hmm. you know, they were, they were, my, my, my uncle, he, he was strict. Like and like Dave will tell you and like my friends will tell you that like he was strict. I used to be on, I used to be on punishment and uh, I used to be on punishment. I don't know what I used to be on punishment for. Probably for talking in class or something because my teachers would email my my uncle if I did something. So he was like on me like that. Yeah. But like I used to be on punishment and Dave Dave didn't care. So Dave would just come to my crib. Like, <laughs> like he's like he's like Uck, you say he couldn't leave. You ain't say nobody could come. <laughs> And yo, he <laughs> typical day. Yo, so he like yo, so he be we be in my room like making shirts and stuff uh-huh. like that. Like this is before Sleepers for Suckers was yeah. 
was even thought of. And uh, we like that's one thing I can say about Dave. Like he ain't care. Like he was like, I'm gonna come, I'm gonna come see I my can boy. See that too. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like he's busy to be in prison or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it was like, yo, he can't come out, but yo, I'm gonna come through. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. he's just come through. And uh, you know what I'm saying? But I used to be on punishment for stupid stuff. But um So was there ever a time where you just wanted to like up and leave your uncle's house and never. just kind of like go back to the freedom of Nah. What you did as a kid? Nah. Because I understood, like, that freedom came with a cost. Mm. Like, that freedom, like, I, like, because I had freedom with my uncle. Mm-hmm. But, I, but my, but it was like, it was like secure freedom. Like, I knew that, I knew that, like, I could make a mistake and it was still, like, he was, he would still be there for me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, uh-huh. yep. as long as I didn't, like, do something really, really bad. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But if I did some silly stuff, I knew I was going to get, you know, in trouble for it, but it wasn't going to be like the mm-hmm. end of the world. Yep. Whereas the freedom that I had in New York was like, like, so my cut, my, my god brother, Kenny, my cousins, all those ones I was telling you, gang members, all mm-hmm. went to prison. <clears throat> all, all like just living that life and like they can't get above it. I, I was, I was proud of my, 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 my cousin. Um, I won't, I won't say his name, but um, he finally got out of New York. And when my grandfather passed away a couple of years ago, we were at the funeral and I was telling him like, bro, you got to get out of New York. And he got a twin brother. Mm, and I was telling him, identical twin. So I was telling him, I was like, bro, you got to get out of New York, bro, to change, change your surroundings. Yeah. Right? I was like, because, and him and his brother is real tight. They twins. So like everything they would get into would be together. So they went to prison, but you know, they were back and forth. And um, he was like, yo, you right, B. And he moved, he, he moved to Atlanta a couple, couple years ago. He got, uh, he was staying with my grandmother for a little while, but he got his, like, he got his bread up. Then he moved, like, to North Carolina or something. Now he's doing real good. Like, he got his own truck where he's, like, doing, um, uh, uh, like, Xfinity or uh, installing oh, yeah, cable, yeah, like, installing yeah. cable yeah. and stuff like that. Independent contract? Yeah, in, independent contract. Word, okay, okay. So okay. he got his own truck where he's doing independent contracting. That's dope. And then he, like, you know, he goes and, like, <clears throat> mount, mounts people's TVs and mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know, as a side, little side also. But he got his own crib now. Like, he's doing good. And I was, like, I'm proud of him because I feel like if I would have been in New York, we would have all been in the same boat. Like, I would have been in prison. Mm-hmm. I would have been, like, 10 baby mamas. Like, my, my, one of my cousins has... My, my, my twin cousin, the uh-huh. one I was telling you about, his brother has got, like, 20 kids, bro. 20 kids? 20 kids. Like, Ain't no way. Like, 17 baby mamas. Not lying. Wouldn't lie to you, brother. Wouldn't How lie are you taking you. care of 20 kids? I mean, you know? <laughs> I mean... I mean... <laughs> yeah, I mean, getting it some kind of way, right? Getting it some kind of way, but but like you know, you say like, did I ever want to leave my uncle's house and like go back to that freedom? Like that that freedom comes with a cost, bro. Mm-hmm. Like you can like everybody has the freedom to do what they want to do, absolutely. But you also have you got to deal with those consequences. Mm-hmm. So like you know, now it's like I got a family, I got you know my kids, I got to take care of, I got to make sure that everything is is right for them. And I'm trying to teach them at an early age. Um, and it's hard, too, because I feel like a lot of this, like, you know, somebody somebody asked me, like, if I resent having to go through all of that stuff. And it's crazy because I don't. Because I feel like a lot of that, all of that stuff that I went through gave me the character to be who I am today. So I feel like if you don't go through some amount of struggle or some amount of pain, you almost feel entitled to the good stuff. Mm. And I mean, uh, like me and my wife was talking the other day, 
about like the kids and them feeling entitled because mm. our kids yeah. like whatever they want we get it right 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 like it's not like a it's like because we have it right so it's like why can't I get this for them why can't I do this for them but they mm-hmm. feel now it's like we at their every beck and call like I need to do this I need to do that and we do it and I tell my wife we gotta slow down a little bit so what's your what is your motive or well, not motive but like What's the way that you believe you can actually like slow that down to kind of like transform that in your kids? So the best, the best, the best way I think so, and I've got the example. So my little brother, you've met Judah. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Judah was living with my mother in California Mm -hmm. after the foster homes and all that stuff. And he was living with my mother in California. And Judah's a really good kid. Mm -hmm. Really good. Smart kid. Good kid. Doesn't get in trouble. At the time, he was like, he was going through it with my mother because my mother's, she's, she got some, she has some deep line issues. She really needs to mm-hmm. get some help, but she won't because she feels like God, God, God got her. Yeah, yeah, God, yeah, God got her. Right. So, so my brother, he, he went missing and my mother called me. She's like, we don't, I don't know where he is, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, don't worry about it. So me and my, me and my other brother, we actually got custody of my, of Judah. And Judah came to stay with me. So when Judah was 11 years old, mm-hmm. he came to stay with me. And I, so I raised Judah. Now, Judah's 11. How old are you? Uh, I'm 12 years older than Judah. Okay. So That's I was 22, 22 something like yeah. that. Yep. So 22 years old. <clears throat> so at 22, Judah comes to live with me. And basically, so I raised Judah all the way through high school. Mm-hmm. So he went to stay with my brother for a little while while I was in the military. And I had to go on, a, on the ship and go on deployment. But then he came back to live with me. And um, like we, when I when I got out the military and I came back to Atlanta, he was living at me and Dave had a house over there in Stone Mountain. Mm-hmm. It was me, him, and Dave living in the house together. So like he went all th- his high school finished here, top of his class, like Georgia Merit Scholarship, all wow. that kind of stuff. But like, and I and I tell you no, know, you talk about you know how do you do that with your kids? Like I did it with Judah because like Judah. Judah, I didn't like at his every beck and call. I didn't, I wouldn't do everything for him. Mm-hmm. And people could understand like sometimes why I was so hard on him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes like girls at the time that I used to deal with, be like, you really hard on Judah. And I used to be like, yeah, but, I mean, because, you know, I think he, he you, you got to have some kind of structure and you can't have the feeling of entitlement. Absolutely. Even though I have it, mm-hmm. like I can't just always give it to you because then you feel like it's, it's, it's due to you without you reaching for it or, or, yeah, or doing yeah. for it. You know what I'm saying? So now Judah, like, you know, Judah, everybody loves Judah. And like, my, even my, my wife was saying the other day, she was like, man, I see it. She was like, I see what you're saying because I see how Judah is. Mm-hmm. And Judah is really thankful, like, for everything that he has in his life and from what he went through. And to now, like, he's doing really good. Like, he's a young kid, got his own place, you know, at his own job, taking care. He was he was going to college. He doesn't want to finish it. But, um, you know, we, we're doing some other things like with the government contract yeah, and stuff yep, like yep, that. Uh-huh. So, but he's a really stand-up, stand-up dude. You know what I'm saying? So, she saw that, like, she was like, yeah, I think, because I, I told her, like, she does too much. Like, and she'll go out of her way. She'll be uncomfortable. She'll be, she'll put too much burden on herself mm. every day. And it'll stress her out to where... Now the kids just automatically feel like anytime I call mom and ask for something, she's gonna do it. No matter what. Like I'm quit. No. <laughs> you gotta go to practice, you gotta go to training or whatever, figure it out. Yeah. Call one of your friends. Call an Uber. 
What, you know what I'm saying? Figure it out. I used to tell Judah that Judah was on a wrestling team. And um, and Judah, like, he would be like, yo, can you come pick me up from school? Nah. Walk. It's the walk. My, How far is this walk? Eh, maybe two miles. Something like that. It, wasn't, oh, yeah, it wasn't something crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 was, it was walkable. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, like, when I got to Atlanta and my uncle, we lived, like, probably two miles from my school. And at first, he would start out, he started out dropping me off at school mm -hmm. at the corner. And then he stopped. And because he uh, he had to go another way or something like that for traffic yeah. or something like that. So I just, had to, I just had to figure it out. I used to call my friends that had cars, people in the neighborhood. Sometimes I walked. But mm -hmm. most of the time, I found somebody that, you know, one of my yeah. homies, one of my friends, and they would pick me up for school in the neighborhood. Like, it, it, first off, it makes you go out and use your resources. Yeah, you really want to be a hunter. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, mm -hmm. yo, if, you, if there's something that you got to deal with that you don't have the means to deal with, you you learn how to find out how to do it. Yeah, for sure. So if it's something that you really want to do, it's like, and you got your mom, every time you say, mom, can you take me here? Mom, can you do this for me? Mom, can you do that? And they just keep saying, yes, 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 yes. You're never told no. The one time you're told no, oh, mom's, mom's a jerk. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, why would she tell me no? You always tell me yes. Yeah. What's wrong with you? For me, it's the opposite, right? I say no all the time. So the time I do say yes, it's like, hey, for real? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and sure? it's not not for like serious stuff, but yeah. like little stuff. Like, uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? I'm just not that one that you just always going to be like, can you do this for me? Can you do this for me? Right. No, figure it out, bro. Figure it out. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I think, I think oftentimes kids kind of get so much handed to them that it kind of cripples them. It does. In older age. It does. It really does, bro. It, it does because like, it's like, and especially kids that go, that have always had. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like Judah, me and Judah, we didn't have when we were growing up. Yeah, I knew how to go, go get. We didn't, we had nothing. Right. So it's like, but when you're in a situation like my kids, they never had to worry about nothing. Mm -hmm. Never. Like, there's always food on the table. The light's always on. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, they never had, they never have to worry about anything. Yeah. So it's like, how do you build that balance between teaching them how to value what they have mm -hmm. versus just giving it to them. You know what I'm saying? So yep. it's like, um, it's, a, it's a thin line. So I think that the best way to do it um, is to have that balance of like the parents in the house. Yep. Like almost like a good cop, bad cop type situation. So one parent is always like, yeah, I'm going to do this for you. The other parents going to be like, nah. Nah, we ain't doing that. But we're, yeah, we ain't doing that. And like, if I really put my, like if I really tell her not to be doing all this stuff, like she'd have to slow down. Like, I, I want to tell her to, like, take time for yourself. Like, she'll, like, zigzag, like, out of the way. Just, I just be like, it's too much. You're doing too much on yourself. Absolutely. And in the end, in the end, it's not even truly appreciated. It is, but it's taken for granted because you've been doing it for so long. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, if you've been, if, if every day I gave you a lollipop, right? Every single day of your life, I gave you a lollipop. The one day that I don't give you a lollipop, you're going to think I'm the worst person ever because mm -hmm. you're so accustomed to me giving. You forgot about all the lollipops I gave you for the past 15 years. The one day you don't give mm -hmm. me a lollipop, you're like, yeah. what's wrong with you? Like, where my lollipop at? For sure. And it, it, that's the entitlement because you expect it every day. You expect a lollipop. When you take the lollipop away, it's like, dang, how do I, if I really want a lollipop, I got to figure out how to get it. So I think that kids need to have that... Um, 
they need to feel what it what it feels like to have to go get something. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like they they need that. So, I mean, that's uh that's where we at today with it, man. That's where I'm at with today with it. Through all of that, you know, foster homes, group homes, detention centers, <laughs> all of that. And I'm still standing, still strong. You know what I'm saying? Uh and now, of course, you know, my, my passion is working with kids. Yeah. So, like, I work with young men. I coach coach mm-hmm. high school football. Uh, I'm the athletic director of a youth football park. So, a lot of those kids don't have a, a, a male father figure in their life. So, you know, coaches and, and guys like me are people that pour into their lives to tell them, like, look, somebody cares about you and you can take your energy and your frustrations out yep. here on this mm-hmm. football field. Yeah. Um, along with being, you know, being healthy and in mm-hmm. shape and, and those type of things. So... Like that's my main, like my main thing right now is just coaching, um, you know, taking care of my family, making sure that they're good. My youngest son, he plays basketball. I'm making sure I'm there for all of that. So, um, yeah, man, it's been a long, windy journey, and um, there's like there's a lot more details that I probably left out in this interview. <laughs> you know that, nah, that man. But um, you know they always uh, Nas got a song. That he did a long time ago, and he said, uh, "If they wrote on, if they wrote a book on your life, do you think anybody would read it?" And I think people would read my book. Yeah. Absolutely. If, if, like, you ever thought about it? I thought about it. Yeah, I thought about it. Thought about it. Hmm. So let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. So, do you ever find yourself like going back to child as an adult now? Do you ever find yourself going back to your childhood and reflecting on? course, not how far you've come, but like those those really dark moments. Yep. And how do you handle those? Mm. Yeah, I do. I, I think about that that stuff a lot. I think about that stuff a lot because um, I think that it. Uh, I think like that struggle gives you character. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like if I was just up here, like and everything in my life was good. First off, you wouldn't even have me on the show. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, We're scratching themselves. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if I didn't have nothing to talk about, like, yeah. oh, like, I, because I, I think, I think about this, like, what would my life be like if my aunt and my uncle was my real parents? Mm. I think about that all the time because my sisters. What are your thoughts behind that? What, what do you I think? think I would be a different person. Like, I, how, how do you think you'd be different? Like, if, if your aunt and uncle, who are your, yeah. technically your parents now, yep. if they would say they've given birth to a yeah. Brandon, mm-hmm. what would be different? I just I just feel like I wouldn't have had to go through I wouldn't have dealt with the kind of things the I had to build up like a emotional barrier mm-hmm. to things. Like mm-hmm. I had to build up like cuz so I almost created like a a negative expectation for everything in my life. It was hard for me to expect good things. So when good things come, you're like, I'm like, man, this is great. Behind this, there's like, there's something bad still. It, well, if good things happen, I would be so happy that good that something good happened. I wouldn't even think about the bad mm, okay, because okay. good things rarely happen to me. So it was like, I had to create like this really, this really strong mental wall to struggle. Like mm. it would because it was like struggle was just a part of my like it, it was just struggle was, that was there that was it yeah. that was that was it was struggle so does it do it scare you to as an adult does it scare you to find your place like yourself going back to a place of struggle i mean i would never go back to a place of struggle 
You ain't never say never. Things happen. I mean, like... COVID just happened, you know, world shut down. Like, did at that moment, like, the world shutting down. Because you, you weren't working at the, during COVID, right? Because you retired already, right? No, I was working. I was working, so... Were you at Lockheed Martin still? Yeah, I was at Lockheed still. During COVID, when COVID happened, I was so at like, Lockheed. So, like, that moment, like, when they said the world shut down, jobs may be lost. Did mm-hmm. that kind of, like, take you back? Like, my child, like, here comes struggle again. Mm. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so because I think that I've learned, like, I think I've learned that no matter what, I can always make it work somehow. Mm-hmm. Like, somehow, I'm going to figure out how to make sure my family's good, how to make sure we eat in, how we got a roof, make sure we got a food over, um, uh, roof over our head. I'm going to figure that part out. Gotcha. Like, and once you learn that, once you learn that, it's almost like riding a bike. Like, once you learn how to ride a like, bike, you as, not ride yeah, a bike for 10 on. years. Right, exactly. Right. But it's like, and I feel like, you know, I've surrounded myself with people who, if I don't have the idea, I can get the idea from them. Mm-hmm. I.e. you, David. I know, you know what I'm saying? Like, just being around that circle, I'm going to figure something out. Right. I'm not just going to be out here struggling crazy. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I'm, it's, it, I won't let it happen. So, and that that's a different mindset. But that mindset comes from having to struggle. And figuring out how to come from that struggle right. to, 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 to success. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I mean, that's really what my story is about. Just, you know, struggling through all of that, you know, because you hear somebody that went through, you know, some of the things that I went through as a kid and to hear that they're successful now. And I, I remember one time I called um, my caseworker randomly. Mm-hmm. You still have your phone stuff your caseworker? No, so I called. Uh, so it was it was weird. So I had this this girl reached out to me that I was in a group home with, right? Mm-hmm. And she was she had got deported back to Jamaica, and uh, she was asking if I knew anybody in the states that could help. She was born in the states, but they didn't have a birth certificate. Uh, so she was like, she was like, do you know anybody? That's crazy. They deported a kid though. They did they, they, they no because her no they her mother. So her so her mother was Jamaican. Mm-hmm. She came to the states. Um, had her baby, had her in the States. Right. So then the mother went back to Jamaica. So that's how she got in the system. Like uh-huh. she was like left, I don't know if she was left there or something happened where she was put in the system anyway. But if she was born in America she's and she citizen. was in the system, she's a citizen. So she was asking me, could I find um, like a contact from the group home we were in together mm-hmm. to try to uh, track down some of her records. So I did some calling for her. And I tried to find the group home. The group home we were in was shut down. Mm-hmm. But there was some contact that gave me uh, a number to call. And I found a number. And then um, on the directory that I found, my caseworker's name was on there. Word. My old caseworker. Her name was Debbie. And so I called. And she was working in a different department and all that. And um, and she was like, hello. You know, so I'm talking to her about, you know, this girl. Yeah. And then I said, uh, do you remember me? And she was like, what? And she was like, uh, who are you? And I was like, uh, you know, I was... Oh, the whole time, you didn't never, never introduce yourself. I didn't introduce myself. I'm asking on behalf of this girl, like, oh. if there was records that we could find or whatever and this and that. She was, uh-huh. good, you know, going through the whole, yeah, you know, I may be able to do it, blah, 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 you know. So she's like, um, you know, I said, uh, I said, I remember you very well. I was like, I, I hope that you remember me. And she was like, who, who are you? And I was like, I don't know if you remember. And I, I kind of, I didn't say who I was, but I said, I don't know if you remember a lady that was, um, you were the caseworker for She had three children. And I was talking about some of the issues that she, we dealt with. And she was like, Brandon? And I was like, yep. And she was like, oh my God. It was like, it was crazy. Like, 
she was like, I can't believe this is you. I'm telling her, you know what I'm saying? Everything, like, I went to the military. At the time, I was still working at Lockheed. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm working at Lockheed. You know what I'm saying? I was like, um, I'm married, got kids, you know, this and that. She's like, she was like, it really, she said, of all the meddling that we do in people's lives, meaning child protective services, she's like, it's good to know that sometimes it works. Yeah. That sometimes it works. Because some, I'm sure a lot of the people, a lot of the cases she dealt with have went bad. Yeah, or sou- you, know, like, like, you know what I'm saying? Just every day. So she's like, it's good to know that some sometimes it works. So it was, it was, it was crazy. I just kind of wanted to mess with her a little bit, but she was so shocked to hear about everything and she had so many questions. And mm-hmm. but um, yeah, man. So to this day, do you and your mom have a relationship? I don't, talk, I, don't, I don't talk to my mother at all. I don't talk to my mother at all. I t- <laughs> I talk to my father. I talked to my father because I don't know why I talked to him, but I talked to him because he actually he'll reach out to me. I don't mm. call him, but he'll he'll call me. He just called me last night, as a matter of fact, just randomly. He's still incarcerated, or he's like no, out? no, he's out now. He's okay. out. He's not doing his health is not doing too good right now, so I don't think he knows how much longer he has. He's trying to kind of make men's and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, mm-hmm. in his own kind of way. Like, yeah, and yeah. It, you know. So I don't. I mean, but my mother like. I don't, we don't, if I had a conversation with my mother, she'd probably tell me I was like demon possessed or something. Still to this day, you believe that? No, it's it. Like last conversation I had where she probably. What's the last time you talked to her? A year. It's been years. It's been years. It's been years. My brothers talked to her. Uh So like Judah told me, talked to her like a couple weeks ago or something like that. But I just. How does he say she's doing? Or you really don't care? I mean, not that I don't care. I mean, I want to know that she's doing okay, but. Mm -hmm. Um. He like he'll tell me like if she uh, I talked to mom the other day, you know, she doing all right. All right, cool. That's all I need to know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. she all right, all right, cool. Whatever. Like, she's yeah, still she, living. Yeah, she's yeah. still living. She's still living. And she's still in New York? No, she moved she moved to California. Oh wow. And so she had a vision from God that so she was to supposed Cal- to move to San Diego, California. San Jose, California. And that's where she's at. Today. She up and moved, took Judah. That's when I remember I had to go get Judah. Yeah. I had to get him from California. She had just moved from New York, went to California, had no money, no job. My mother's had like probably like one or two jobs her whole life. Like, at, like, like as a she was a waitress at a, a friendly's restaurant one time for a couple months, and then she worked at this place called Chris Country Deli for like maybe a couple of weeks, and that was it. So it was like she moved up and moved, no money, no house, just no family, just... nobody there. She had no nobody there. No plan. Just like, yo, I got this vision from God. She got a vision. I'm out. She got a vision from God. She packed up, packed everybody up. She she had she ended up having two more children. So she had, had three two. more children. Three more children. So she so the day I left, the day I left to go to Atlanta, uh-huh. she came to the group home to visit me. And she had just had a baby girl. Oh, she had more siblings. Yeah. Well, I, and and then I have uh two more sisters that have we have the same father. So I got yeah. I had two sisters. So So I total have, is what? So seven? So total is three. Four, five, six, seven, eight. It's eight. I have, I have yeah, seven, seven siblings. And then, of course, I, I consider my uh, my, my three yeah, sisters. Yeah, yeah. I consider them my sisters. So for me, it's ten. <sighs> now, the, so the day I left to go to Atlanta, she had my baby sister with her. I held her for like five minutes. She snatched her back from me, and then I left. And then, um, then she ended up having two more boys, um, by another guy. So, 
And I haven't, like, I don't have a relationship with them at all. Like, I've never, I saw my sister when she was a baby. Mm-hmm. And then those, the other, the two young boys, I haven't met them at all. So I have no relationship with them whatsoever. So. How does it make you feel? Sad. I feel sad because I feel like they're in a situation um, where they're like kind of being like brainwashed. Mm. Um, and like, for, for instance, like my, my sister, the baby that I, she's maybe, uh, this is what, 2001, she was a baby. So what's this? Tw- she's about 20 years old now, mm-hmm. but she's never went to school. Her whole life? Whole life. She's been home, homeschooled by my mother, the, the two young boys. Because remember, I was six years old when this, six or seven years old when this started with my mom. Yeah. So before th- I had already. So she's been carrying it on. Yeah. So, so. But I was six years old, so I already had been in school for a little while, and I had already made connect, some friends. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I yeah. knew I knew a contrast. Uh-huh. They don't know a contrast. All they know is homeschool. All they know is what she's giving them. Wow. So they're brainwashed to the effect of like everything she says is that's the gospel. That's what it is. So I feel sad for them in that aspect. Like the the girl, she's 20 years old, no no schooling, she can't go to college, she don't have a GED. What is she gonna? How is she gonna be like a successful? How, how's she gonna be a successful human? Like, how can she? So she really just probably reading, doing the same workbooks that you probably been same, doing, like go same, to Walmart, same, grab same a workbook. Same nutty stuff. Same nutty stuff. Like she's she's got like a, a elementary education, and I haven't talked to her, but Judah Judah has talked to her. And, and what is he saying? Like same, same, right? same thing. It's just like she don't really like she sounds like talking to our mother. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like she, like everything that comes out of her mouth is like something that my mother would say. Like, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. That's that's how my mother talked. Like, if she, you know, if you if you call her, uh, good morning, praise Yahweh. Like it's it's like that. Like she, it's it's like to a a thousandth degree. The 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 the, the holiness is a thousandth degree. And the crazy thing for, with me is, and why my faith is so. Obscure. Mm-hmm. That's a good word for it. Why my faith is so obscure. Remember, we talked about it, right? So as a kid, and we didn't go to church, I remember my life being great. So you, and then we started going to church, and my life is terrible now. So do you, what are your views on church now? I don't go to church. Okay, why not? It, it, what is that, my view on faith or church? Let's say church and then faith. So church, I just disagree with it altogether. Why is that? I disagree with um, the the methodology of going to like tithing and all that. I, I, I tithing, going to church because I feel like church has become entrepreneurship mm. cloaked in religion. Ex- expound on that. Yo, so, all right. So like, for instance, you know how people go to class to learn how to do stocks mm-hmm. or learn how to do Forex or go to class to learn how to do DISC, right? I can go to seminar to learn how to preach a sermon. I can get a building like this and get people to come to it and pay me money to talk to them. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's a hustle. Yeah. That's, that's a hustle. I can do that. 
Like, I'm well-spoken. I can, yo, and I've read the Bible through and through. I could preach you a sermon right now on this. Like, off the top of the dome, I could probably go through something and, be like, and have you be like, man, praise the Lord. I could do that and get you to tie 10% of your money to me. Now, do you feel that your view on, of course, I believe, of course, it, your view on church has stemmed from your mom's relationship with church. Yeah. Is, has there been a point in time where you feel like, you know, well, maybe I, can, I, could, I should separate that? Yes. And give it another shot? Yes. How Multiple that, times. And it still didn't. So uh, when, I was, when I was in the military and, and I was living in Jacksonville, mm-hmm. I had a friend of mine. Um, and she, you know, she encouraged me to come to church with her, a real good friend of mine. And I went and I liked it. You know, the sermon was good. I'm not going to say that I don't, I'm not going to say that I don't like church mm-hmm. because I think that a lot of the messages in church are good. Yeah. And they're inspirational. I love gospel music. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was brought up on like that old school gospel music. So I'll listen to that. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, just, it brings me back. But, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like choir music. I, I just love that. But I think that a lot of the messages are inspirational. But here's what I think about, about religion as a whole. Any re- like most religions have those same inspirational messages. Mm-hmm. If you, unless you like worshiping Satan or something, you know what I'm right, saying? Like right. the Quran, the Bible, the Torah, um, what Confucius said, what Buddha said, all of it has some version of Love your neighbor like yourself. Mm-hmm. Treat people how you want to be treated. Right. You know what I'm saying? Karma comes back around type. You know what I'm saying? Karma mm-hmm. comes back around. Um, and my thing is, you know when you're doing something wrong versus you know when you're doing something right. Yeah. There's no, I don't need a manual to tell, I don't need a book to tell me that this is wrong too. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't need that. Like, because I know it's, it's in, embedded in me, like this is something good and this is something bad. And so, like you said, I, I did try to go back to church and, um, and like, accept the relationship as my own versus me being the, me, it being forced upon me when I was a kid. Because I was, I remember being a kid, and my memory, I'm, I'm in this churches where they, they dancing and hollering and screaming, right? Mm-hmm. And I used to go get my hands laid on in the church. They put oil on yeah, my head. Up. So I'm going to tell you, so, I, so I'm at this, I'm at this camp meeting. Mm-hmm. Right, we used to go to these camp meetings. They used to just be in like tent. in in a tent, bro. And it's like we we all, we smell it like skin so soft, everything because the mosquitoes is out. Yeah, and like it used to go revival, tent revival. Mm-hmm. That's what it was, a revival. And I'm in there getting hands laid on me. It's like five, six preachers. Ah, the great, you know, just I mean, just spitting on my face and everything, just going cr- bananas, bro. And I remember saying to myself, I remember saying to myself, I asked my mother one day, I was like, so she used to do all the dancing and uh, like just <laughs> like just go ham with it. So I, used to, I remember asking her one day, like, you know, when that happens, like what, like what happens? Like, well, how do you feel? Mm-hmm. And she was like, I feel like, you know, like something takes over me and just takes control of my body and I can't help it. So I said to myself, I said, well, I'm never, in, this my, I'm saying I'm never going to, because I just think people was faking. Mm-hmm. I was like, y'all faking. This is, this is not real, right? And um, I said, I'm never going to do it until I feel that. Like, I feel like my, I can't control it. Like, so, so I got these preachers. They, they, we at the revival. They just, ah, oh, bless the Lord. And yeah, we pray. And they just going ham, right? And I'm just like, I don't feel it yet. 
I was like, should I? I'm like, should I? Should I dance? Should I? You know what I'm saying? Like, should I do something? Should I? Yo, yo, it got to a point where they was praying so long. I was like, yo, I got to do something. They're never going to stop. I was like, yo, they're never going to stop. Yo, I have to, I got to dance or fall out or something, bro. It, it was crazy, bro. So I did like a little like, and, and he's got the spirit. And I, in my mind, I was like, that moment, I was like, yo, this is some foolery, bro. I was like, yo, this is foolery, bro. Like, like they, like, I was like, they, I was like, they not out here. It's, it's no way, bro. Like, and then you know how, like, folks just be like, dance on command. Like, just, once you hear that music, come on, bro. There's the spirit that hits you just when that, when that song came on, Right. Come on, bro. Like, and I mean, and I, I, I make fun of it, but, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, my thing is, Whatever, whatever it takes to get you to be a good person mm -hmm. is, I can't, I can't knock anything that you're doing as long as it's you, you're being a good person. Yeah. Like people have different, people have different views and different religions, but we all know how to be good people. For sure. You know sure. what I'm saying? Like I know that I'm, I, I know that, you know what I'm saying? And I love, I love people. So it's like, you know, especially our people, you know what I'm saying? But like, like Dave's got a different religion. Mm -hmm. You got a different religion. You know, I don't really have a religion, but I believe I believe in a higher power. I do believe in that. I do believe in a higher power. I do believe in like a destiny for you, for everyone. I feel it. I feel it. I feel that. But um, I just can't. I can't categorize it as if you're not a Christian, you're going to hell. If you're not a Muslim, you're going to hell. Right, right. If you're not, if you don't believe in Vishnu from India, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you can't go. To heaven, like I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. You believe it's more than one way. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that's dope. That's dope. Yeah, because I believe you just like, like I believe that God knows our heart, mm -hmm. and He knows like what we mean when we do things. You can't. That's one thing you can't hide from. Like if you believe in God, you can't hide from God. Right? Absolutely. You can't. You can't. I can't. I could say something to you, but I could be thinking in my mind like I want to kill Joe. Yeah. I can't hide that from God. Right. God right. knows I want to kill you. Mm -hmm. That's bad. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I feel like the guy that I believe in knows my heart and he knows that I want to be good, a good person. I want to do right to people and I want to bring good into the earth. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to bring positivity and goodness and help people. So that's my religion take, I guess. But it's, it, it, I mean... No, I dig it, man. I can sit here and quote any Bible verse you want, man. I, you know, but... I mean, and I think that the Bible, the Bible has a lot of good, um, a lot of good lessons and a lot of good teachings in it. You know, mm -hmm. things Jesus said was, was, were good teachings as well as in the Quran and the, the Torah, all, all, all of that, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and as a kid, mm -hmm. I was really confused about religion because I was being forced to be in one religion, one thing, then... but I had, but I was so, remember I was, I was so inquisitive mm -hmm. where I wanted to know about like why is Islam wrong or why you know what I'm saying why is this religion wrong so I would go get books and read about different religions and un understand like what it is that they were preaching and what it is that they they believe in so that I got a good well-rounded view of it's not just one person telling me that this is this is it if you don't believe this right here like you're going to the lake of fire and burn forever mm -hmm. like i used to hate that like when there's the preacher say that like we like hell i'm going to hell forever and burn forever and don't yeah. die mm -hmm. that's terrible man yeah. <laughs> terrible, that's terrible. To live. right that's terrible but i mean you know some some people 
need that, I guess. I, I feel not like me. I don't need that. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. <laughs> no, I'm saying not, not that they need that, but yeah, need yeah. that to, to kind of make help them, them live, ex- to be the good person. Exactly. About. Have, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, Cause, yeah. Cause I feel like that's what a lot of it is. It's like a, uh, it's like a scare tactic. Mm. Like I feel like, I, like scare religion. I don't like scare religion. Yeah. yeah. Like when, I, when you got to try to scare, like you got to scare me into believing what you believe. Like that's crazy to me. Absolutely. Like why you got to scare me? Like just, or or when or when the religion is too um like when a when a religion is too um like has too many like traditions and mm-hmm. and things that you have to do yeah. in order to make it to this level of right. religionness. Mm-hmm. Like why I gotta do like I gotta do all that? Like I gotta I can't I can't eat this, I gotta dress this way, I gotta look this way, I gotta talk like this, I gotta pray six times a day, I gotta face the sun, I gotta why I gotta do all that? Like that stuff came from man, bro. Absolutely. That didn't come from God. Mm-hmm. That stuff came from man, like because like I said, it's a hustle. And this is my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's all a hustle. Like at that point in time, you know, back in the day when religion was being started, all of that, all of that, like those people that were the, the, the highest revered people were the people that were heading these religions. Yeah. They got all the money. They got all the women they wanted. They got all the um, attention, the, the, the status of being a priest or a, you know, uh, mm-hmm. a, a rabbi or, a, you know, whatever the case may be. So, like, all of that tradition, like, where do you get, like, the, where the, the Catholic faith, where does, where do they get, like, um, like, confession or mm-hmm. where do they get the robes that they wear mm-hmm. or where do they get, like, the, 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 the swinging of the incense? All oh, that stuff is man-made, bro. That's man-made. Now, a lot of that stuff comes from different religions that were mingled into, into that religion. They used to do that, like, pagan, like, pagan religions used to do that stuff. Like with the incense and yeah, decorating yeah. stuff really mm-hmm. nice and yep. all that kind of stuff. So, and not to even, I don't even think like that necessarily was a bad thing, paganism. That's just what they believed believed in at the time. Mm. That was just they, 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 they series of that was just their thoughts. They didn't have back then, they Jesus hadn't came yet, right? So yeah, they didn't yeah, they yeah, didn't yeah, know about anything. Jesus. Right. Right? So I like never thought about that. Yeah, like they didn't have that then. Like so so, so think about it like this. This is why I think about religion too, like. Say you were part of like a mountain tribe in the Himalayas, mm. right? You're part of a mountain tribe that's untouched by humans. I mean, yeah. untouched by the outside civilization. Mm-hmm. So you've been living in this mountain, you and your family, for generations and generations. Your great-grandfather, your grandmother, everybody. And y'all believe in whatever God or spirits that y'all... Spirits, let's just say spirits of the mountain y'all believe in, right? You personally have witnessed your brother or somebody or your family member being sick and them going to like a witch doctor or a shaman or something and them putting some herbs on them and blah, 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 and now and praying to the spirit guys and now they're healed. Mm. What could make you believe if a, a, a white man came onto the mountain one day with a Bible and a collar and told you about Jesus or told you about Allah or whoever, told you about another religion, how could they make you change your religion? I've been on this mountain for, for my whole life. I seen my brother was sick and we prayed to the spirit of the mountain and now he's healed, right? Your Jesus or your Muhammad never did nothing for me. It was the spirit of the, of the mountain. Why would I change my religion? Why? But the way Christianity and Islam would say, you're going to hell, Joe. You can't believe in no spirit of the mountain going to hell, bro. I've never thought about it that way. That's crazy to me. That's crazy to me. 
I'm just up here with my family doing my thing on this mountain, and you come tell me I'm going to hell because you believe something. I believe something too, and we've been good. We Gucci over here. That's what I think about religion. It's a hustle, bro. If I was trying to make the biggest, if I was trying to make the biggest religion in the world and get the most money out of it, I'd go everywhere telling everybody about it and make them believe if they don't believe it, you're going to die in a lake of fire and burn forever. If you don't believe what I'm telling you, Joe, you're going to go to hell, which means you're not just going to, hell is just not a place where you just go and everything is cool, right? Yeah. You're going to burn forever. Right. You're on fire forever for, the, for eternity. And I'm like, dang, eternity? That's a long time, bro. That's a long time. Maybe I should believe what dude talking about because we don't believe that over here on the mountain. Mm-hmm. We just believe when we die, we become one with the mountain or whatever. We, 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 we meet up with our ancestors and guide our kids or whatever the case may be. But I don't do scared. I don't do scared religion, bro. I don't do it, bro. Can't do it. You're a very, you're intellectual. A little bit. Uh, a lot of it. <laughs> a lot of it, man. I, I, you open my eyes just to kind of just different things, you know, because I've known, like, your story and stuff, uh-huh. but it it goes deeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes a lot deeper than what we know it to be, man, and um, I appreciate you coming through. We're going to do a quick commercial break, uh-huh. and then I'm trying to close that with something, if you have anything left. Um, and then uh, that'd be a wrap. This episode is sponsored by the Emboldened Institute, the only place that I know that sends out daily texts and affirmations to allow for you to be encouraged and allow for you to heal and go through whatever journey that you went through. We go through it together. So text me, 404-476-6780. That's 404-476-6780. You can text me the word HEAL to that same number, and I send out just pretty much just inspirational stuff that comes to you daily, live to your phone, or you text the word AFFIRMATION or AFFIRMATIONS if you're the person who got to put the S on things. Um, had to catch that. So um, if that is you, text me 404-476-6780. Get on my text line. We can talk. It's no robots. It's no BA. It's all me. I'm texting you throughout the day, helping you just kind of get on your journey and trying to just get your life path right. So, Brandon, what you got? Hey, um, Joe, thanks for having me. Uh, thank you, man. Um, I appreciate you, man. Um, got a chance to sit here and talk, which I like to do. Tell my story. So. Um, if I had to give anything to the people watching, um, your situation doesn't define you, right? So anything that you go That's through, so your situation doesn't define you. You can always find a way to do better than what you're doing. You can always find a way to do better. To, you can always find a way to do better than what you're doing. And as long as you do it from a place of love and a place of humility, you'll be all right. That's it. Gets no better than that. We out. Peace.